Welcome to Developers Hangouts podcast. Today we have Eric on the podcast. Eric, why don't you introduce yourself, tell people who you are and what you do. Awesome. Hey, hey, James. I am a software developer, front-end engineer. I did some full-stack engineering, but right now I work on the Amplify team at AWS. And I do a combination of front-end engineering and uh, I've just recently started doing some developer advocacy. So I'm kind of moving into your territory a little bit. So trying to get more people uh, to, to learn about Amplify and the services that we have, especially on things, uh, things we're going to talk about maybe later, something called Studio, uh, something called UI. So yeah, it's a really fun position. I've been here about a couple of years. So uh, I'm, I really like AWS uh, and uh, it's, it's pretty fun. So let's start by talking about your move into dev, rail dev advocacy. First of all, if people don't know, Eric has a very popular YouTube channel. It does very well, uh, and you cover a lot of view stuff on, on the channels, um, or at least you have in the past. You're kind of doing some other stuff too, but you're very focused on view. Uh, let's start with how you got started with just YouTube in general, um, which will lead us into like, moving into dev advocacy uh how did you get started with that yeah that that that's that's an interesting story so the way it worked was uh many years ago i worked as a java developer in a company that took care of casinos so we did the accounting mm -hmm. systems for casinos so if you've ever been in a slot machine and you put coins in and then you you know you pull the handle and you there's uh you get a ticket out and so we have this coin in and coin out concept so there's actually very sophisticated player tracking systems and accounting systems for each one of those and i, I did that for for years for companies for a company uh in fact the system i worked on was uh literally had been written in the 70s and had been ported over from basic to trans basic to like java to python so it was I literally had some code in there. I, I would look at the source and the first comments when, were from like 1980, which was crazy in that old of a code base. So I, as you can imagine, being in, in somewhat legacy tech most of the time in the beginning of my career, I was getting a little bored and I saw everybody had moved, uh, you know, everybody was doing web development and all these frameworks were coming out. This is the time that Angular 1 was really popular. Uh, Ember.js was really popular. and uh, I wanted to get, be a part of that. So uh, like many other developers, I started a blog first and yep. I, I started blogging uh, every day and I kind of did that on and off for for a while and I got a little bit of traction. And then uh, as I was going, as I was working full time, I decided to go back to school just because, uh, you know, I thought maybe I wanted to get into management or into product management because I, I loved engineering and development, but it felt like maybe a, a cool, interesting career path to do. So I signed up for an MBA program at my local college at University of Nevada, Reno. And a part of that curriculum was, uh, part of that curriculum was to get a, uh, was to take this personal branding class. So the personal branding class had us um, blog every day which was something not well blog like two or three times a week, like 500 or a thousand words each blog. 
It also required us to tweet out our blog posts. This is when you know Twitter was was good. Uh, getting good. Not not now. Not where it is today. I guess uh, for those of you seen the drama out there. Um, still, I think there's still lots of good stuff on Twitter, but it's harder to find. But it wasn't as crowded, definitely, as it was yep. back in I don't know 2012, 20, 2011. and and then on top of that was uh, to do YouTube videos. So uh, part of like our midterm and our final assignments was to create a, a YouTube video. And so I still remember, and James, tell me if this is kind of your thoughts when you were starting to create content online, like or at least YouTube videos. I I didn't have I didn't have a webcam at the time. And I thought, I'm going to go to the local university. We had this library and you could rent out equipment. So I rented out a camcorder and a stand and a tripod and a microphone. And I'm like, I'm going to make it really professional. I know what I'm doing. I had no Mm -hmm. idea. So I went to the local, we call it the collective, but it's like a co-working space um, in our town. And I knew the owner and I said, hey, can I just have like a half hour I just I want to be in this little room over here and this not even in a room, like in the corner of the collective, because it's like a big open workspace and they have a bunch of tables. I just need the corner. I'm going to record this video for my personal branding class. Would you be okay with it? And he's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. So I, I, I set up my tripod. I get into this corner of this, of the co-working space. The co-working space is absolutely full. So it's kind of loud already. Um, and well, not super loud. I mean, people were working and talking a little bit. And I literally spent like two hours there just trying to record a five-minute video or maybe mm-hmm. five to ten-minute video of me talking head, explaining a couple of different technologies, a couple of different web development topics. And it was like the most embarrassing, most embarrassing thing because everybody would like look at me like I was this weirdo doing this in the middle of the co-working space. And it got to the point where the sun was setting and I was losing my lighting, but I finally did it. I finally, like, I didn't understand the concept of like taking the, 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 um, I didn't know how to do any kind of editing or editing software. I didn't understand, like I could edit out and then just record 10 seconds or 30 seconds at a time. I just did like, I finally got like a five or six minute clip of me just continuously talking in front of the camera. And I was like, wow, I, I finally did this. And it's up on my channel to this day. So if you go to eric.video and you look at my very first, one of my very first videos, I think it's the very first one, you'll see that, see that, that clip. But man, that was, that's how I started uh, doing YouTube. Wow. I can continue on with the story. I, I can keep going, but <laughs> any questions? I mean, I mean, it's better than my, my, I mean, it's definitely more interesting than mine. Like I started on my kitchen table. That's how I started mine. And it was just like me, no camera, didn't have a webcam, didn't have anything. I had like a shitty laptop uh, that was <laughs> propped up and there's like a microphone just like slapped right in the middle of the thing. Didn't understand, ed- same for you really, didn't really understand editing too much. Didn't have like any real equipment. I literally had this microphone that I just had, um, all that kind of stuff. And I just was like, well, I'll see what happens. Like, I'm going to record, I think it was like a, five or eight minute video of like here's some tips for like juniors and java developer because i was also a java developer for a really long time um and i was like i'm just gonna put this out and see what happens even though it wasn't really like my passion per se it was just like i want to create content this is what i know let me start there and then we can 
figure out what we're going to do later. Um, yeah, didn't edit it, just uploaded it as it was, just straight up onto YouTube. I think I, I think it's unlisted now because I unlisted like all the old Java stuff because I would get constant comments and questions. And I was like, uh, this is like really old. Like we're already on like Java five versions ahead of where we're talking about in this video. So like I just ended up unlisting them. But yeah, it was the same kind of thing. Just no editing at all. Just go for it. I think that's not a bad way to go. I mean, I'm sure after you recorded that, you're like, wow, this was really scary. This was crazy. But, you know, I learned a lot. I, I got it out there. And that's kind of what I recommend to people when they ask me if they you know how to start a YouTube channel or if they should start a YouTube channel. I'm like, yeah, just start getting stuff up there. You know, you might yeah. the first 10 videos might take you way too long and might not be that great. But as long as you get get them out there. That's funny. You started with Java, too. I've heard so many developers. Um that started with Java and they just hated Java. I'm like, no, I loved no. it. I, I, I loved, loved it too. It. I think yeah, it was yeah. great, great language. But I think like if you are, if you're going to start learning like web development or software development, and then you have the choice between JavaScript and Java, I'm always like, uh, probably go to JavaScript because, because some people just like learning those OP paradigms mm -hmm. and it's kind of difficult for a lot of people and sometimes like pushes people out. L luckily there's so many different ways to learn to program nowadays. Just to yeah, kind of tie up, tie. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. Tie up. Tie up. I was going to say to tie up that story. You know, after I had recorded that video and gotten, um, I, I, I actually took like an extended class over the summer. So it was supposed to be a class that ended in like it was from January to May, but you could like take an extra three credits and go until like August or all, all through the summer. So I did that. So I ended up like creating, you know, a bunch of more video, a handful of more videos, a lot more blog posts. And I found that I really liked doing the videos and uh, I wasn't as excited about the blog post anymore because it was really hard to do both. Uh, and this is before I, I, before people were doing repurposing where they like write yeah. a blog post and then they kind of convert it into a video or vice versa. So I, I ended up just continuing on with the, with the YouTube channel and then I, did that off and on and um then i really got serious in about like 2017 or 2018 and started trying to make at least two videos a week and uh, i'd been doing that ever since got a big bump when when covid hit like every yep. you know some got uh you know from a few hundred views per video to a few thousand started jumping up um that's kind of where i've been at since then and yeah. uh, it's this is the first time it's really neat going to moving from like a full front end engineering position where I'm pushing up PRs every day, code reviews, working on design documents, and then going to doing uh, DA work where it used to be my nights and weekends was creating the content, uh, tweeting out things where I could and and trying to build that. That, I don't know brand, but now I'm like that's sort of my job now. I mean, it's not exactly the same. You mentioned I do Twitter or I do View a lot. Um, I am doing Twitter a lot too, uh, but I'm doing View. View uh, a lot of my stuff on my channel is View related because that's kind of the framework that I really chose. I started with doing with Java. I actually started with Ember JS really a long time ago. Yep. I, I was a huge Ember JS fan, and then. Uh, right when React was kind of becoming like the de facto web development 
library that everybody was using. I was like, this view one looks really interesting. So I, I've always been like kind of trying the alternative frameworks. Yep. Libraries, not necessarily the most popular ones. Um, and then I, I did view and I just really thought it was awesome. And it, it has gained quite a bit of popularity in the last few years. Um, and so I just kind of d- deep dived into view, but I'm trying to diversify my channel, not just to be a, a view channel. So you see um, on my channel right now, my YouTube channel, you'll see AWS Amplify content. Because like I said, I'm starting to do more of that with my job. I'm starting to do a little bit of Svelte content. There seems to be a lot of crossover between Vue developers and Svelte developers. So I've been uh, kind of playing around with that. And then occasional React content too, because a lot of our, a lot of the libraries Amplify, we support almost nearly everything, but some of the newer features are coming out in React and we haven't got them over to Vue or Angular yet. Or So, um, so I'm doing a little bit of everything. So how are you finding that? So let's talk about why you decided that DA was where you wanted to go. Being a front, like being, a, you know, in the content creation space and being a developer, usually people think, oh, you do one, you become the other, right? Like, because you're creating content, like you should just be developer advocacy or DevRel or whatever. But that's not always the case for everyone. Some people like their like, my nine to five job is I'm a developer and then my five to nine job is I'm a YouTuber or I'm a streamer or whatever. Uh, what what finally made you decide that this is what I want to do? I want to kind of move into uh, DA work, work versus staying where you were? Yeah, that, that's a good question. So I, even before I joined AWS, I, you know, just being a part of creating developer content and web development content online, I got to at least meet some internet friends uh, like yourself and, and, and Brad Traversi and, and Web Dev Simplified and, and, and a few, and quite a few others. And, you know, everybody I met with just so awesome. And a lot of them were doing it full time too. Like these are their full time right. jobs. And I, I got to, to talk to Natter Dabit, which is mm-hmm. a, used to be a DA on the AWS Amplify team, and now he's really in the crypto space right now. And I met him at reInvent, which is one of the biggest AWS conferences that we have every year. Yep. And just talking to him and interacting with him, and and like he is like, I don't know, just a handful of people that just have like the gold standard of of how to do DAs, right? Yeah. And he really inspired me to to um to become a DA and and it's kind of kind of felt natural to me to move to that because I had done so much content online I started doing conferences I was running workshops already at my job and so it, it made a lot of sense to move over but I feel like I'm never not going to be doing some sort of software development either by you now pushing up pull requests I think I'm still going to be like fixing bugs occasionally from uh uh, for my my team, my for the dev teams, um, I feel like I'm. I want to be. I wish there was like a hybrid role, like between DA and and front end uh, software developer engineer, front end engineer that I could work on. You sort of get some of it with DA because you create a lot of demos, right? Um, but it's not exactly production code. Um, but I, I have a feeling since my the a lot of our work that we do is open source. I still have yeah. the opportunity to continue to to work on it. Um, and I think that's how the well, I'll be progressing to do that for. And 
And it's so interesting this, I'm just learning so much about this DA industry. There's a lot of people coming straight out of coding boot camps or colleges and going right into DA work. And then there's old fogies like me who have, you know, and you too, I'm sure James, like have many years of experience and then yep. we moved to DA. And so it's, it's kind of interesting to see the differences between our approaches and, and some of the new guys and how I'm learning from some of the new guys that have come in and, and joined the industry. You know, I feel like it's also, it's pretty DAs, the developer advocate, and it used to be called developer evangelism. It still feels like it's pretty new and it's still really niche. Like you might have a software development company with 10 software developers, back end, front end, but you might only have one DA. So it's kind of a more of a position that's not, it, it's, it's a little bit more niche. It, there's not as many opportunities out there, but it's, it's, I think it's good to be, to specialize in it. And, and so far I'm, I'm learning a lot and having fun. I know. What, what, what do you think? This episode of Developers Hangouts podcast is sponsored by user interviews. As developers, we often want to give our feedback around products that we use daily or even learn about the latest and greatest products. With User Interview, you can do that. It is 100% free to sign up. You can apply for your first study in under five minutes. Most studies are less than an hour long and pay over $60. Some studies pay several hundred dollars for a one-on-one -on -one interview. Plus, you get to share your opinions with top brands like Adobe, Intuit, Spotify, and even Amazon. When I created my latest SaaSes, it would have been great to be able to use user interviews to get some feedback and iterate faster, which is why I wanted them to sponsor the podcast. Are you ready to earn extra income from sharing your expert opinion? Then head over to userinterviews.com slash hello to sign up and participate today. It was kind of the same idea. So like I, I've, I wrote production code for 12 years, something like that, between like Java and then I did like Angular 1 and then C Sharp and then react for a while and then i was a manager for a while and i managed a team and then i finally was like okay now's the time to like do da i'd been doing youtube for like eight months i think and it was like right at covid's when i started my youtube channel so that's when i started mine was like i'm a covid youtuber where i'm just like this is something i want to do now's the time um and i just decided that like I've had enough of the high crunch, high stress that comes along with being a software engineer in small teams or being in like really huge teams that ship a lot of code. So I also worked for a company that ran lottery machines. It may even be the same company, who knows? Um, <laughs> but I also ran uh, code for that, uh, for, for gambling machines in Vegas and then also the state lotteries in, in, in dozens of states. Um, so I wrote a lot of code for that. And I remember the day where I was like, I'm kind of done with being a production coder was when it was the first billion dollar rollover for the lottery and everything broke because no one had ever got to that. And one, that amount of like ticket sales and two, the amount of like reporting that goes into selling like a billion dollars worth of lottery. Um, so when that happened, I remembered I was like, man, I'm really like not happy uh, doing this anymore. Like, where can I get out? And then like a few years went on and I became a manager thinking that was the route. And then someone started talking to me about being DevRel, Dev Advocacy. Like, hey, by the way, they have this like role that probably would fit you. 
which is like you still get to do some development, but you also get to like teach and educate and support and do all the things that you kind of enjoy to do on the side as a role. And um, I was lucky enough that I did a video on a small company who was looking for a DA and they were like, hey, uh, would you like to be ours? And I was like, absolutely. And then the rest is really history. Now I'm in my second role with a new company. Um, we're pretty small. We just like got seed money. Um, but it's been really cool to like basically run the whole of DevRel and like make the decisions on what, what we should do and where we should be reaching out, what conferences to go to and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's been pretty exciting and we're looking to like hire another person and hopefully that'll happen soon. And then there'll be two of us and, uh, it'll be nice to work on a team again. Yeah, that's really neat. Especially if you're in a smaller company, you kind of can make all the decisions and, and mm -hmm. help. That that's really neat. Yeah, it, it, we don't talk about this enough in the software development industry. At least I don't hear this topic talked about. But it it can be quite stressful mm -hmm. at times. Just being having to hit certain deadlines, having to um, you know deal with production issues, um, being woken up in the middle of the night because something broke or you're on call yep. or something like that. I think we've all. I think you could probably re relate to some of that. And DA has its own stresses, but definitely not those type of stresses. So yeah, it's an interesting change of, of pace. And and I feel like it's also one of those things that there's a lot of tangential careers that you could go from it. Like I've seen DAs go back to being software developers yep. after a few years. I think that's kind of common. Uh, I've seen DAs move to a product management so becoming a PM or becoming a manager. So there's kind of a, a lot of ancillary careers that you can go off of from a DA. And then then there is, I've seen, and I don't know how how uh, how often you see this, but there's some DAs that stay at a company for a long, long time. And then they can, there's, there is tracks at some companies that you can become like a principal or like a super senior or so it seems like some companies are starting to do that a lot of times like you hit a certain point like senior and then that's it but you know it just got depends on the, on the company do you feel like the tracks for da's are there yet like do you see like the same engineering track as you see for a da track in some places, yeah. Like, I think if the company is big enough, like, I feel like at AWS, like, that could be a thing where they have the tracks. I'm not, you know, I don't know the insight there, but, um, like, Clerk, we're already thinking about, like, okay, well, like, what, what, how do you grow in this position? Like, where do you go? Like, I think Vercel has a really good handle on that. If you look at Vercel as the gold standard of DevRel, which I think a lot of people do today, is they have, like, Lee, Lee Rob was basically their, first real like devrel that really pushed next.js around and now if you look at his position he's vp of the, the developer regulations i think is his title now um and then he has some people that are leads under him and then there's some people that are senior and then there's some juniors or just you know developer advocates in general and i feel like they've built a really good track of how to like get to the next level or get more um you know responsibilities or, or whatever and um, they really encourage their um, DevRel to, to almost like think outside the box. Um, I went to Next.js conference this year, um, or last year, should I say now, I guess, in, uh, in November. And it was really good to see like people 
running that were like just regular DevRel people. Like a lot of the work that was done there was just the you know run of the mill DevRels like us running the whole thing from start to finish, showing that you know DevRel is not just about like building code; it's also about building communities and building that um, inclusivity and all that kind of stuff. It was a really good experience. It's probably the best conference I've been to. Um, and I felt like I could just go up to like any of the dev and be like, Hey, like I have a question about X or Y or like, what are we going to be doing about this? And they were all willing to like, just be there and help. And it was just a joyous experience. Yeah. I feel like the Vercel just kind of blew up in the last couple of years and mm -hmm. just my, the amount of information I hear from them, it's really working. Like they just hired some amazing people and crazy content and some crazy yep. ideas and. It's funny, like some companies kind of rely on, like there's, like I'm thinking like a Danny Abramoff, like he's not yes. a DA, but he sort of, sort of kind of acts like a DA. He's like, everybody looks at his Twitter feed to find out the next, I mean, obviously he didn't create React, but, uh, but you know, anything that happens with React, like, like they look for him and, or, uh, um, or Redux. Uh, so it, it's interesting, like there's like this position in the past, I think was just, there was one or two especially in large companies, just really vocal online people that are big on Twitter or blogging or YouTube. And now we have a place for them to be in. And yeah, I think like Netlify and, and Vercel, I feel like are, are great role models for the DA community, at least what I've seen with, with their dev developer advocates. Yeah, they definitely are. They definitely kind of, I feel like they really encouraged the growth of the DA role and the DevRel role because there were still some out there way, way before like Netlify was even a thing or was popular of a cell. Like if you look at Auth0, they had a big DevRel team. Um, and it, it just seems to like, they seem to grow the standard and people seem to just kind of follow that standard or use it to to, to shape their own teams. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's a good thing. I think being in this space now like content creation is is one thing but devrel is just a whole another beast and i feel like if you want to get into devrel today like just just know that like vanity metrics don't matter um if you want to teach people how to code or you want to teach them like you can do a thousand things to be an advocate today before you even get a role like helping out in open source communities discord communities um writing blog posts is a really good one like it's low cost high uh return usually like if you write on like a publication like dev2 or hashnode or wherever um you can really educate and, and and spread the word about something or or anything like that with low low investment but still a really high return and i feel people get lost in that devrel is like 100% video content and that's what devrel does um when it's really not like that's a small percentage of of the work that you may do as devrel um yeah I, i'm excited to see what the future brings in another couple of years when we're all like you know when the role has been around for for five six seven years in the real mainstream industry to see where see where we go yeah yeah i remember like seeing devrel blowing up a few years ago even before covid with microsoft i think they like yes jumped on the devrel bandwagon i saw they hired like a ton of devrels like maybe in 2018 or 2019 yeah, it was it was something it was early like i mean it was before 2020 so it was definitely 2018 i think yeah yeah so it's definitely but that that felt like you know still that's relatively just 
you know, five, six years ago. It's not not like uh, software development where it's been around, you know, much, much longer. I'm, yeah, I'm, I think I even, even back then, like 28, 19, I think I even applied for one. I knew, I knew a, a few Microsoft DevRels and I was like, wow, this, they really doubled down on it. And I think they did really well. Like if you if you look at some of the people that are doing DevRel, even if they aren't actually DevRel at Microsoft, it's it's crazy to see the the amount of like just overall work that Microsoft does to to push push technology forward or push their next project forward or whatever it might be. I mean, if we look at Visual Studio Code, like uh, yeah, how many people are using that compared to JetBrains or WebStorm or whatever you know IDE these days? I think they've done a really good job of like trying to be part of open source community and being part of their developer relations. Um, and I, I hope they continue that for the next decade or so of just like pushing out cool DevRel people and 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 content and all that kind of stuff that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of coming to the end of the show. We've been talking about DevRel a lot. It feels like 30 minutes just zoomed on by. <laughs> um, this is like, the you know, there's like a minute and change. Uh, feel free to plug all the things that you want to plug, whether that's your Twitter, your YouTube, whatever. And we'll put all of those links in the show notes so that people could just get them from wherever they want. But uh, yeah, take it away. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, we didn't get to this, but um, I am working... Well, Part of my DevRel work is to talk a lot about Amplify, and uh, especially Amplify Studio, which is a like a product that makes it really easy to create your backends with a visual interface. It also even has a, a a Figma plugin where you can use it to create like presentational React components that you can just pull into your project. So I just want to say if you guys are looking for an easy way or you have a Figma designer and you're looking to create a quick uh, layout, this is a great way to do it. And and it connects to all your AWS backend systems, like your authentication with Cognito. You can have connect to your S3 buckets, your data store, uh, AppSync is our kind of managed GraphQL. So we do have all those services. We have a bunch of different open source libraries for JavaScript, for, uh, we have one for Flutter, we have React Native. So we're kind of, uh, Amplify is like a set of tools to um, to help front-end and mobile, uh, front-end web and mobile developers create full-stack websites. So that's kind of the just an H1 of it, if you looked us up. So uh, we do have a full component library too. So I'll, I'll give James the URL. Uh, it's at ui.docs.amplify.aws, and you can learn all about uh, Amplify and some of the components that we're creating and how you can use those in your projects. And cool. you can find me personally on uh, on my YouTube channel, which is eric.video, that's erik.video or eric.video. That'll just uh, forward directly to my YouTube where you'll see tons of stuff on Vue.js, uh, some stuff on React, some stuff on Amplify and, and others. Yeah, and that, that's, and, and I'm trying to do more Twittering, so tweeting so you can see me at eric ch on twitter awesome uh yeah i really appreciate you coming out eric i had a blast it felt like 30 minutes was not enough yeah um and uh yeah let me know in the future if you ever want to do something else together um but yeah it's been a huge pleasure i really appreciate it all right thanks james